This is National Park Trippers, Episode 9, Trekking Through Taroko National Park. Welcome to the National Park Trippers Podcast. I'm your host, Maureen. Each episode, we explore a new national park and welcome a national park enthusiast to share their knowledge about a specific national park around the world. Join us as we head out into the great outdoors for exclusive tips, recommendations, planning strategies, and off-the-path nuggets that will have you and your family getting out and exploring more as National Park Trippers. Today's episode features Angelique, who lived in Taiwan with her family as expats for the past four years. They recently returned to their home country, the Netherlands, and are now sharing their vast experience exploring Taroko National Park. They document their travels and expat experiences on their Instagram page, our expat life underscore family and on their family website. So let's give a warm trippers welcome to Angelique. Could you share a little bit more about your family life in Taiwan and what led you to start exploring national parks there? Yes, of course. Hello, Maureen. Thank you so much for having me and for your kind introduction. Like you already said, we are an expat family living in Taiwan for my husband's work. We came here almost four years ago on an assignment for two years and are still here. <laughs> we, are, we are a family of four with two teenagers. One is 16, the other 14 years old. And this summer, like you said, we are going back to the Netherlands to prepare ourselves for new adventures abroad. We have really enjoyed this life as expats. This feeling of freedom is so special. What we love the most is discovering a new country and the culture that goes with it. The Asian cultures are very different from ours, so it's not always easy, but that's what makes life here so special. The moment you think you are starting to understand it a bit, you will be surprised again. It's great to live in a country that you don't know at all. The first months, we mainly visited the interesting things around our hometown, and we visited the national park, which is close to Taipei. But I was not really aware of the beauty and specialness of national parks. I knew it was an area where, the pro where they protect nature and the animals that live there, but that was it. After our visits to this park, I became more aware of what a national park has to offer and I became curious about more. People around us mainly talked about Taroko National Park. I heard about it and I knew that there were high mountains and rough nature, but coming from the Netherlands, Netherlands, I didn't grow up with high mountains. I was a bit apprehensive about the massive and gigantic nature of this gorge. But I also understood that giving in and not going wasn't an option. During the past years, we have visited three other national parks, but Taroko is definitely our favorite. That's so awesome. And it, it, it seems to happen that way, that you just start out a little bit of a curiosity and it just kind of grows into this love that you end up having for yes. a certain, you know, either, whether it's a national park or whether it's a hobby, whatever it is. That's... Yeah, all different. But, and there, there are also national parks in the Netherlands, but yeah, and we visited some, but I wasn't aware of yeah, I don't know, because it's also a totally different country. Yeah? The Netherlands is flat and it's, yeah. Right. I, it's yeah, not, I understand. We cannot compare it. Yeah, yeah of course. Like the, I grew up in also, we have hills, but, you know, nothing like mountains, nothing like, like no. you, you're going to experience there. Yeah. Definitely. 
So let's start out by talking specifically about national parks in Taiwan, because I think typically, for me anyways, it's not a location that you would think of national parks. <laughs> it's not like jumping to the front of your mind. And I know until I saw your visit there and um, it kind of sparked my curiosity, like you said, I was like, wait a minute, Taiwan and national parks, it didn't seem to, to line up. But then I saw your pictures and I saw the posts that you wrote about it. And I was like, wait a minute, I need to know more about this place. It's incredible. Um, so let's talk a little bit about national parks in Taiwan. How many are there and how does it work with visiting national parks there? Yes. Okay, um, you're right. Taiwan is relatively unknown to tourists and mostly known for their food and night markets. Mm -hmm. The first two years that we lived here, I regularly received messages with the question of how life was in Thailand. And this is what I hear <laughs> many foreigners say. Oh, many my. foreigners here are saying that, that it's, uh, they are telling them they are going to Taiwan, but still people are asking, how is life in Thailand? <laughs> <laughs> So that's, yeah, we are, I really know that this is a country that's less known, but tourism here is well developed. There are many hotels, B&Bs and hostels and public transport are very accessible to tourists. The local people are very friendly and willing to help you where needed. Renting a car is also easy with an international driving license, so you can easily explore the island as a family. Okay. Taiwan has a lot more to offer than just Taipei City. It's very green and mountainous here. It has beaches, hot springs, nice cities, and of course, the national parks. Taiwan has nine national parks, of which six are on the mainland and three on the outlying islands around Taiwan. For three of the national parks on the mainland, you need permits for the mountain hikes. Hmm. You can apply for the permits online and the forms you have to fill in are also in, in English. You can apply for the permits 30 days before your visit. I think on most trails are only a limited, limited number of people allowed. There is a general website with information about the uh, parks in Taiwan, and here you will also find all information regarding the permits. The large parks also have their own websites. I would definitely take a look at these websites before visiting Taiwan. Awesome. That's fantastic information. And like you said, the, the, what surprised me the most was all the green, because in my mind, you know, as you said, with the Thai, Thailand situation, like it's exactly how you imagine Thailand. So honestly, you know, I can understand how people um, get them mixed up because, you know, you don't really think about, about that with Taiwan. But that's kind yeah. of hilarious. <laughs> so let's jump right into the national park, into Taroko. Am I saying that right? Taroko? Yeah, Taroko. Okay. Yes. Um, so can you tell us a little bit of, a, of the background about this national park, like where it's located? And for example, why is it considered a national park? Yes. Taroko is located on the eastern side of the island and is mountainous. Several rivers have carved the gorge over many years. Taroko was originally established as a national park in 1937 when Taiwan was under the rule of Japan and later re-established in 1986. Like I think most of the national parks in the world is this national park also established to protect the national scenery, historical relics and wildlife. Mm, right. 
Taroko Gorge, Gorge is a 9,000 hectares park and is all about mountains, shallow rivers, marble, rock formations, impressive waterfalls and panoramic views. Its surrounded area is well known for its marble supply. That's why they call it the Marble Gorge. You will also see these giant blocks of marble everywhere in the park. They are really lying in the rivers and it's immense. It's really wonderful. Wow. Taroko Gorge takes its name from the Chuku tribe, one of the 16 tribes of Taiwan who still live there. They still live in, in Taroko. Wow. The park is, has, yeah, yeah. The park has many high mountains and steep gorges, gorges with many peaks above 3,000 meters. The Central Cross Island Highway runs through the gorge, which, which was opened in 1981 and killed 212 men during construction. A memorial monument has been built, and this is one of the famous spots to visit. This is the only road through the gorge, and just by driving this mountain pass, you can see the beautiful views of the rivers and mountains. And if you are an avid cyclist, you can also ride the Come Challenge. This is a trip of 105 kilometers, and the end of this trip is 3,275 meters high. Wow. This tour goes right through the national park. I just don't know if you will have time to enjoy the beauty of the gorge while sweating and puffing on your bike. <laughs> right. Probably not. <laughs> there is the possibility to, to do it. And my husband has this ride on his bucket list, but unfortunately it has not happened yet to ride it. So Wow, that would be some sort of a ride. Like that would be a challenge. Are you guys cyclists, cyclers? I'm not, but my husband is, yes. He's right. cycling a lot. Wow. Yeah, so for a cycler, yeah. I can imagine that would be quite quite the cycle. I mean, through the yeah, mountain, yeah. through the gorge, amazing. Yeah. And, and for yeah. those of us, including myself, who really doesn't know what a hectare is, I had to Google <laughs> how much is a hectare yeah. in, in miles. Yeah. And it says that basically, oh. what did I say? It's like 5,000 like about about 6,000 miles I would imagine square miles long the, uh, yeah, I don't know so, yeah I mean <laughs> it, let's just say this it's huge right <laughs> yeah it's huge it's a huge, huge amount of yeah. space exactly so you mentioned earlier that the websites are a good source to start with if you are looking to go to the park um, outside of the websites what resources or planning strategies did you use when you were making your trips there? For example, do you have to book in advance? Because I know that probably most of our listeners are internationals who you know, will be going to Taiwan on a trip. And what do you recommend bringing along with you? Yes, uh, I suggest renting a car if you visit Taroko National Park, especially if you travel with kids. This makes it much easier to see all the wonderful spots. It is possible by bus or web if you rent uh, a scooter or something like that. But I think, yeah, especially with kids, it's much easier mm -hmm. to, to rent a car. Right. Uh, when we were planning our first trip in 2018, I couldn't find that much information. I visited what you were saying, the park's website, to check mm -hmm. if we needed permits. And 
When on our way to the B&B, we stopped at the park's visitor center. Here we bought a book full of information about the park and with lots of hikes in it. The book is called A Walk to Taroko, and I recommend buying this directly when you arrive. Okay, cool. I also have a useful guide uh, and an information sheet on my blog where you can find lots of tips. Uh, as I told you earlier, this is only one road through the national park from east to west. So it makes it relatively easy to find your way around this park. Um, the park is open all year round, but the best time to visit, if possible, is from October to June. From July to September, it's typhoon season in Taiwan. And it's the time that most people can visit the country because of the holidays. Okay. So it can be very crowded. If you visit Taiwan during its typhoon months, you have to closely follow the weather predictions. And directly after a typhoon, you have to check the National Park's website to ensure if it's safe to go there. Yeah, I would imagine that that would be a scary time to be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, but more often they also close really the whole park. So you right. cannot even go in. Right. So it's, it's safe. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> <follow the> rules. <laughs> um, I book all our accommodations here through booking.com. Okay. This is easy and in your own language uh, because yeah, we have to deal here with Mandarin. So uh, also calling a hotel or something like that is not so common. Uh, if you have the possibility to book far in advance, I recommend booking a hotel inside the national park. But accommodation is limited, so you have to book early or be lucky. There is this city called Hualien, where you will also find plenty of hotels in different price ranges. It's around 30 minutes drive to the park. A nice thing about a hotel in Hualien is that you have a lot more choices in restaurants. This can be Certainly, this can certainly be useful with children as there are not that many restaurants inside the park. Mm -hmm. I know that there are also day trips uh, that you can organize from Taipei if you have the possibility. But if you have the possibility to stay at least two days, I will highly recommend that. Both times we visited the park, we stayed two nights. That will give you enough time to visit the main interest points and add some hikes. Perfect. Um, some important things to bring with you are enough water because of the high temperatures, but you can also buy that everywhere. Okay. Sunscreen and a head, or like the Taiwanese, an umbrella to protect yourself from the sun. A raincoat because the weather in the mountains can change quickly. And flashlights will also be useful for some hikes through tunnels and maybe some mosquito spray and of course your photo camera. Awesome. Those are fantastic tips. And you brought up something that I hadn't thought of before is the language. Um, you mentioned that, you know, it's in Mandarin there. So what about around the park? Are there signs, are all the signs in Mandarin or do you have signs in English? How was that for you with the language? Yeah, it's uh, the most important signs are also in English. Okay. So if you, yeah, awesome. uh, the information, if you start a hike or most of the thing, and, and what I, what I was mentioned before, the, the permits also that online applications are also, um, yeah, I think they changed it last year or the year before also to English before it was only in Mandarin. 
So oh. they are improving. Okay, so awesome. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's every year that you visit, it will get better. So yeah, it's changing a lot. Luckily, and you you mentioned happens. you mentioned that it could be very crowded during the on season. Um, in general, what types of crowds do you see? Are they mostly local crowds, or do you see a lot of internationals there? Yeah, there are a lot of people from China uh, mm -hmm. normally coming in, and they travel by bus. So the the that are the the big tourist bus bus right. that are everywhere. So they are most of the time only a few hours there, and mm -hmm. it's not that on the on the. Um, on the trails, it's not that crowded, but it's just because it's only one road through the right, course. Right. So, and yeah, that road can be crowded if it's during uh, summer holidays. Right. So if you go there and you want to get away from the crowds, hiking might be your best option. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Or visit the other spots early in the morning or late in the evening. Right. Perfect. So let's talk yeah. about some of the interest points. You've mentioned some already, but let's get into what are the main interest points inside of the park. Yeah. So like I said, uh, visit them first thing in the morning or at the end of the day. That makes it a little bit better uh, to, yeah, that it's not too crowded. Right, there. right. Um, one of the famous places is the Swallow Grotto. This part of Taroko is said to be the most beautiful part. The almost vertical cliffs are covered with small holes, the result of long-term erosion by river and groundwater. How swifts and Pacific swallows nest in these sm small holes, giving the place its name. Oh. At the start of this short trail, you will also find the entrance to the Zwilu Old Trail. This is a trail where you need a permit for and that you have to apply for a few weeks before your visit. You also have to pay a small amount of money to hike this trail. I will tell you more about this hike later. Perfect. Another famous spot is the Eternal Spring Shrine. Sh shrine, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this shrine was built to memorialize the 212 workers who died during the highway construction. Inside the shrine, you will find all the names of the workers who died. There is a beautiful waterfall coming down right in the middle of this shrine. It's a short hike from the parking lot. Wow, what a beautiful a memorial. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, yeah, it, it's well visited. There are a mm -hmm. lot of people. Uh, a little further into the park is the township of Tiangshan. This is the main village in Taroko with accommodation, restaurants, and convenience stores. The highlight here is the temple and the pagoda. Mm -hmm. You have to climb up several steps to reach the temple, but it's really worth a visit. From here, you can enjoy a panoramic view of the gorge and the village. We were there at the end of the day and the gates were closing right in front of us. What we did see was a large group of macaques that withdraw from that area towards the forest. They crossed the river with us via the bridge. It was very special to see a group of wild animals up close. It was not the first time that we saw these monkeys, but it was the first time that there were so many. Wow. Uh, besides these three spots, there's also a lot of different hikes um, that you can do. So 
Awesome. I we'll get into hikes and just a couple questions down below. Um, yes. I can imagine, you know, in my mind also, when you think of the temples, you do think of all the monkeys. You see a lot of videos of the monkeys and the pictures of the monkeys. So I can imagine that would be quite a scene to see. Yes, yes, it is. It, it was really, it was really, really special. Yeah, we have a lot of videos from it. <laughs> I bet your, your, um, your teens loved that too. <laughs> yeah, they, they loved it. Yeah, and my husband even more. Yeah. He was really into <laughs> animals and into me, so, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. funny, so I had to. Was, yes, it was special because there were also a lot of, of babies and and yeah and and then they make their that really special sound eh, to protect their little ones and yeah and some tried came a little bit closer to us just to scare us and to to show us just stay away from us and <laughs> we are right. passing and you wait yeah <laughs> so it was my, funny we my babies alive yeah. cute yeah exactly really protecting <laughs> so as far as family friendly wise um you visited with your teenagers but would you say that there are any areas inside the park that might not be suited for younger children I'm, I'm imagining that the you know the huge hikes in the mountains probably aren't the best for younger children but what type of activities are there for kids oh yes uh, Taroko is a family friendly and safe place to visit the road through the park is interesting, even for younger children. Mm -hmm. You drive through tunnels and under large rocks, and beauty is literally around every turn. There are several viewpoints next to the road where you can stop. The places you visit are great for short stops, and there are many short trails. Also, the moments in the car between the different places are short. Mm. So I think all of that helps. Right. Uh, at the visitor center of the park, you can get some sort of activity booklet for kids. But I only hear people mention it. I never saw that booklet. So <laughs> I don't know exactly how they look like. And if they only some are talking about postcards and some are talking about activity booklets. So I don't know exactly what it is. We, right. I didn't see it. Okay. Uh, the first time that we were there. <laughs> the rumor, the rumored activity. So, yeah. booklet. <laughs> yeah, the rumor. yeah, exactly. So you, yeah, you have to find out yourself if you visit the place. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, there are some short and easy trails, perfect for families with little kids, but be prepared and ready to and read the information signs at the start of each trail. Mm -hmm. The signs warn you if there are any venomous snakes or venomous bees at the trail. Oh. oh my. So yeah, we never saw a snake, but they are there. So be prepared. Um, that's also a reason why we always try to stay together uh, as much as possible uh, on every trail here in Taiwan. Right, so, that's a, yeah, good tip. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, something else to think about when you visit the park with younger kids is the food. They are, there aren't that many places to eat full meals within the park. So maybe it's a good idea to start with a good breakfast and to take some food from the hotel if possible. Mm -hmm. You can buy dumplings, sausage or other snacks in the park. But if your kids don't like this typical Taiwanese food, then maybe bring enough snacks and crackers to eat during the day. 7-Eleven is also a good place for an easy lunch. And then the um, park also has some hotels 
with family rooms and they have some space to run around and play games. Okay, awesome. And if there's one universal um, commonality of everywhere in the world, every national park and with kids, it's snacks. <laughs> there's one tip yeah. that every parent will tell everyone and that is snacks, 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 snacks bring in snacks. <laughs> it's so true. And I can imagine, especially like you said, if they're not used to the, if they're not used to the food, it kind of cracks me up that there's seven elevens there though. <laughs> Just stop at a seven eleven. That's kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, exactly. And they have everything. Yeah. So it's easy to, yeah, to buy something there. They have right. yogurt, they have, but also, yeah, there's sweet potatoes. It's the, still also a lot of typical Taiwanese food, I think, but also uh, bananas and right yeah it's for everyone i think everyone can find something there that she likes so yeah i love your tip about the... is always a, yeah always a good say, idea so yeah so. i was gonna say i love your tip about the hotel because we do this every time we go to a hotel for breakfast we always make sure to take some of the either fruits or bagels or something to because we know that we're going to need it in like an hour for a snack <laughs> we're always yeah exactly <laughs> Um, yeah. Perfect. So let's talk a little bit about the landscape. I mean, you've mentioned this already quite extensively, but the landscape you will encounter there is completely incredible. What type, what type of landscape can you imagine seeing there? Um, Taroko is all about mountains and dense forest, almost vertical cliffs, beautiful colored shallow rivers, impressive rock formations, waterfalls, panoramic views, and lots of marble. Half of Taroko is covered by mountains over 2,000 meters high. So the western wow. half constitutes the northern section of the central mountain range and mostly consists of mountains over 3,000 meters high. So that makes it the highest peak in the park is 3,742 meters. So pretty high. Wow, incredible. Yeah, very high. Can make it visual here in a podcast, but you will be impressed by this stunning piece of nature. It's really unbelievable. I mean, I'm impressed by this marble that you said that there's lots of marble in there. That's kind of a unique landscape feature. Yeah, you don't see, yeah. you don't see a lot of marble everywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, that's no, and here it's everywhere. It's beautiful. That's also why you get that really nice colors. That that's yeah, that's uh, a little bit special light brown color of the marble sometimes and then together with the blue water of the river it's really oh yeah it's so beautiful I mean your pictures are stunning of the park and now I'm understanding like you said all the the contrast it's it's really incredible um let's jump into hiking because hiking is a big thing for many families in national parks and I know that you've talked a little bit about it so let's jump into hiking at um, Taroko. What ages is the hiking suited for? We kind of talked a little bit about that, but what are some hiking tips that you have for other hikers who want to visit? And what kind of hiking gear do you recommend? Yeah, uh, hiking in Taroko is accessible for everyone. Uh, there are three types of trails. The most easy to hike are the scenic trails that are short in distance and suitable for the general public of all ages. Uh, the second one are the hiking trails located at medium elevations where the weather is changeable mm-hmm. and they are suited to people who are in good physical condition. 
And the most challenging ones are the mountaineering trails that are located at over 2000 meters in elevation or in relatively remote mountain areas. Wow. But so also there's... there you have short, the short hikes. Also right. the, the, yeah, you can also choose still for the short ones. So it's, that makes so it really for everyone. Yeah, exactly. There's basically every, anything for anyone. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trails that pass through ecological protection areas require permits to be obtained in advance. On these trails is a complete set of equipment required, including water, food, also maps, warm clothes, and a first aid kit. Okay. Uh, some of the longer trails require spending the night. In the book, uh, what I called before, uh, Walk mm -hmm. to Terraco, you will find over 20 trails in the park that are of manageable length, and offer rich natural and cultural resources and are also easily accessible. Okay, perfect. I think wearing good shoes is necessary for all the places in the park. Mm -hmm. uh, the park advises you to wear helmets on several trails, which you can borrow free of charge. Um, if you visit the park with little kids, stay with the scenic trails. They are short in distance and easy to walk. Mm -hmm. And if you and your kids are experienced hikers, you can hike the stunning Zhuilu Old Trail. This hike goes through a dense forest and scuttling along a narrow cliff from around 500 meters long. Oh. The narrow cliff is the most challenging, challenging section of the trail. There's no cover at all. It's all cuts across the cliff. Wow. There's only a metal cable you can hold on. The trail is rough and prone to rockfalls. Uh, the permit that you need for this trail can apply for, you can apply for one to 30 days before entry. But I suggest applying for this on the first day within your 30 days period, because there is a daily quota of 96 hikers on weekdays and 156 on holidays and weekends. Wow, that sounds like the Mission Impossible hike right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for the more challenging. Families. Yeah, yeah. You lost me at cliffs. I like. I'm pretty terrified of really serious cliffs like that. So I, I think I would be sticking with the other hikes. But yeah, there are people who yeah. love those kind of hikes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you don't want all the extra work um, for the permits, you can also book this hiking tour with the tour organization. Uh, these people will take care of the permits and give you lots of English information during your hike. And they offer small group tours and private tours. Um, there's also the information about it you can find on my website. So. Awesome. Yeah, so we will make sure to link to your website for all this information. And I know that some people love tours, you know, people find them so valuable, especially with all the information. And also, especially when you're in a country like Taiwan, that English, you know, isn't a first language and it's a completely different language. So yeah, tours might be a great option for, for some, for many people actually. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest yeah, with I you. Also, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Also, when the when the when the trails like that are so so challenging, I think, and if you want to do it with kids, then yeah, I think even more important to choose for the safe way and do it organized. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Safety first, especially. I mean, safety first always. But when you have kids, yeah, especially, 
yeah, and you're in a foreign country. I mean, yeah, you definitely make, need to make sure that you're you're being safe. Yes. Yeah. So you mentioned the monkeys. Let's jump into wildlife because this is my favorite topic to talk about on the podcast. Um, you mentioned the wildlife, but honestly, I know nothing about the wildlife in Taiwan besides the monkeys that you mentioned. So um, yeah. what kind of wildlife can be found there? Yeah. Yeah, like us, you will definitely see the macaque. This Formosan macaque thrives in Taroko and is a unique species to Taiwan, but there's more. Taroko has also 45 other large mammals, including the Taiwanese black bear and the sambar deer. Uh, there are over 300 kinds of butterflies, 150 kinds of birds, and countless lizards, snakes, and insects. Wow. Um, in the rivers, you will find fish, freshwater shrimp, crab, and numerous kinds of frogs. Um, during our stay, we were sitting on the porch of our cabin. I call it later, I mentioned it, the hotel, uh -huh. uh, listening to the sounds of frogs and birds. It was really great moment with all those sounds around us, curious about which animal actually produces which sounds. It, it was, yeah. Wow, More, that's a sounds, nice memory. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a Discovery Channel moment, actually. <laughs> like yeah. it could be the hook yeah, for the Discovery was. Channel. That's amazing. Did you see any other animals besides the monkeys? I'm curious. Well, I mean, yeah, you like the big animals or like the bear, for example. No, not the big or ones. Deer. No, 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 no. They, no, I think also they even. I think even the people who are going really high in the mountains or do the special uh, trails, I, I I never heard of people who saw uh, the beers or the a beer or or. Yeah, I think the 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 somewhat deer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they also live a little bit lower uh, mm -hmm. inside the parks or in on lower areas. So yeah. I would imagine that possible. they Yeah, I imagine that, that they imagine that they protect them pretty well too. I mean, yeah. especially with bears and stuff like that. Yeah, wow, and I, I think, think it's in, in, inside the gorge, you only have a really small part, I think, where tourists come. And and yeah, so they have enough space to stay away from from the from the people I think that's yeah. eh? because yeah. it's also we are also <laughs> for their scary benefit. for them yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> they, they don't really yeah. want to be interacting with us I'm sure <laughs> so you mentioned sitting on your cabin listening to the sounds of frogs and birds all around you which is just idyllic um, let's talk a little bit about lodging so from the moment, I have to tell you this, from the moment we, we did a, a blog collaboration in, in the past, and when you started talking about where you stayed, I was like, that's the moment that I went online and started searching for, for the lodging. And it was, I was just blown away. It was so incredible. So can you go a little bit into depth of the accommodations that are offered in or near the park and where you stayed and your recommendations. I know you talked a little bit about this already. Yeah, yeah. And I have to be honest, inside the park, the choice is limited. So uh, be on time with booking uh, mm -hmm. and, and it's not cheap there. So it's also, you have to know right. that it's a little bit more expensive 
or a little bit more, I think it's really, yeah, you have to pay more. A lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the first time we visited Taroko, we had a B&B close to the coast uh, at the entrance of the park. Also a really lovely place with a very large outside area where the kids could play. And they had big family rooms and a wonderful breakfast to start a day. Most of these places don't offer dining options. And because the park does not have many options, this was a disadvantage. Mm. Uh, we drove, yeah, after visiting the park, you had to drive to Walian, the nearest big town where you will find much more restaurants. But I can imagine that this is not a great option with younger children or if you are very tired because it is another half hour drive. Right. Um, there are hotels within the park that do have diner options, but those are also the more expensive hotels. And you mentioned that uh, last you got, year, these were on booking yeah. that you, you use booking for these hotels? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They're all there. Yeah. You can all find them there. Also on my blog, I mentioned a few. So okay. Oh, awesome. There are Perfect. The Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, last year I saw pictures uh, of that wooden cabins and surrounded by mountains on someone's Facebook page, I think. Um, after some searching, I found this hotel built on the site where 100 years ago was the main village of the Truku tribe. Uh, there is an all-wood main building housing the lobby and restaurant. Here they also serve diner, diner of, of traditional Aboriginal dishes prepared with local ingredients. So it's oh, really good. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There are two big fields with wooden cabins placed in a circle with a very large lawn in the middle. Uh, there's a porch in front of each cabin where you can sit and enjoy the view of the mountains and the stars and listen to all the different animal sounds. Mm. Um, this hotel shows you how the Taroko tribe came to this area in the early 1700s and how they developed customs and dialects of their own. Almost all the hotel employees are local Aboriginals. Some are returned from the city to work here. And they also entertain you every evening with songs and dances. They have some special music instruments. Uh, it's such a wonderful way to immerse yourself in this unique culture. Wow, so not only is it gorgeous but you're learning the history you're learning the culture perfect yeah so it's a great option and I love how social media is so powerful you found this place on Facebook I found you <laughs> in your place on Instagram <laughs> and now we're talking about it on podcasts it's crazy podcast, crazy yeah. world we live in <laughs> Power of social media so I asked this of all yes. my guests What's your number one do not miss moment about this national park? Yeah, that wasn't an easy question. There are yeah. so many nice parts here. I <laughs> but I think that my kids will definitely say that the Bayang Trail is their favorite. And I can agree with that. This is a beautiful trail through different tunnels. After every tunnel, there is another breathtaking view. The trail is easy to walk and has a distance of around two kilometers. Mm. In the end, you will cross a bridge and see some waterfall, one really big waterfall coming down, um, a small one, and a suspension bridge with a, to a viewing deck. Awesome. Uh, that was for us, that was the perfect spot for a nice snack and to sit down and listen to the sound of the waterfall. 
after I was snack, we visited the Wharton Curtain Cave. This part was closed during our first visit. So we were happy to see that we could visit it this time. It's a tunnel where groundwater flows out from cracks in the rock. The water comes down like a water curtain and makes a very loud sound. There's a small path inside the tunnel where you can walk, but bring your raincoat and your flashlight. Wow. And so you have to walk back the same path uh, as you came. So you can make your pictures two times. It's <laughs> oh, awesome. Like if that doesn't make you want to go there, then really nothing will because your, your moment literally has everything. It has tunnels, waterfalls, suspension bridges, which we just... Yeah we just encountered a suspension bridge and my daughter ended up loving it. She was a little afraid at first, but then, you know, she got over it and now she loves it. I mean, the, the, the little hike, perfect. Like what, a yeah, what a perfect place to go explore. Amazing. Yeah. And then with that water cave at the end, that, oh. I think that was, that was just for the kids. That was everything. Oh just, yeah. It, it was all, all in one all in one <laughs> I mean caves are yeah. everything caves for not just yeah. kids adults too I love I love a good cave yeah. caves are so yeah. much fun we yeah. we also love exploring caves so that's really cool and outside of the park um are there anything um any interesting sites or activities that people should also put on their radar uh yes you can visit the Queenshade cliffs uh, that are on the side of the ocean. Th this is officially part of the national park, mm -hmm. but it, yeah, it borders the ocean. Okay. There is a highway that crosses the cliffs with several places along the route where you can stop and admire the beautiful views. Because you are higher up, it's with the view on the water is beautiful. And then it's so blue. And if also this, the sun is out and the sky is blue, you get that, that reflection from the from the sky, it's really, you can make stunning pictures there. Wow, I imagine. Yeah, there are also some beaches to visit and that if you drive a little bit closer to Walian uh, and you can go on a power gliding experience. We also saw them, yeah, last time we visited, we saw a group coming down from high up the mountains. So it's also, yeah, for the people who wants to explore, more <laughs> scary right. stuff <laughs> yeah those are, that's really cool yeah um you can also drive further into the mountains to the central mountain range this is an incredibly scenic highway that will lead you up to that 3275 meters uh, this is the highest automobile pass in taiwan here you can do some other beautiful hikes or you can drive further to the next township or to another famous spot in Taiwan called Sun Moon Lake. So if you choose for this option, be aware that you will be in the car for several hours. Oh, okay, good to know. Well, wow, it's, so it de definitely, there's not just the national park in that area. So for people going to visit, there's so much to do. I mean, there, there are a lot of options in and outside the park. So that is very good yeah. to know. Um, hidden gems. People love to know about these little hidden gems that people have un uncovered. So have you uncovered any hidden gems in the park that aren't very well known and we haven't really discussed yet? Yeah, for us, the hidden gem was the information we found about the Taroko tribe. 
we love to learn more about their culture. Uh, close to the Taroko Village Hotel is another visitor center. And here they also have a small museum where you can find more information about the facial tattoos that these people have and about the weaving techniques that are used by the women. So that makes it very, yeah, we thought it was very interesting. We, right. we love that kind of information. Right. Uh, from here, you can also do some several short hikes and they give you a wonderful view into the gorge because you are much higher up in the mountains. So you can also see the dam in the gorge very well. It's, yeah, a beautiful spot, awesome. but not that crowded also because, yeah, I don't know if the, if the, um, if the buses stop there, that's, I didn't see it last time, so. So maybe it's also a spot that's not visited by the by the organized uh, buses, so that can help. That yeah, but it was definitely. not crowded when we were there, and it was a nice. Yeah, you can also watch a video about the national park. Uh, yeah, a lot of extra information that you can find there. So, yeah, and I love yeah. that you've included this cultural aspect because I think it's so important when we visit, especially in different cultures, different countries and um different peoples that you i mean you're exploring their area it's it's nice to learn a little bit about their history and their background and their culture so i love that you added this information you know as a hidden gem because that really is it's really important yeah. to get the whole overall picture of where you're exploring awesome yeah um so I think that's about it. I think we've covered a lot of my, a lot a of lot. information. <laughs> and like yes. you said, um, you have all the links in, in your website. So we'll make sure to, you know, include your website and your blog so that anyone who wants to click, you know, and find out more information about the specific places you've talked about, you can do that. Um, yeah. Anything else? That any last uh, tip that you have? Anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up? No, I think I mentioned the most important things. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We covered a, a lot of ground. And I think that this is definitely, Chiroko is, is one of those places that people probably don't really know about. You know, it's not a, not a well-known national park internationally anyways. And I think after no. hearing about it, it definitely should be like this should be on people's list once we start traveling again getting out seeing the world definitely yes. want to hit up this <laughs> national park and areas around it so thank you so much angelique yeah. for sharing this was amazing information so much so many cool things to learn and discover there and thank you so much for joining us i really appreciate it yeah, I love to be a guest on your podcast. So thank you so much for asking me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button on our National Park Trippers podcast so you won't miss an episode. And also follow us on Instagram and join our Facebook group for the latest National Park news. <laughs>